Greetings. Welcome to the Asana Kitchen podcast. So before I get started, I just want to let you know that, um, so I have this new, um, what I call the Asana Kitchen subscription channel. So I'm uploading content um, every week to this. And um, one of the things that I do is a featured event every month. This month, it's a special class on Christmas Eve morning. Uh, it's a half-led primary with uh, a kind of magical setting. And so um, that's for the people in the, doing the subscription. And you can try, make a seven-day free trial and do that class if you like, and, and then have a look at the subscription. It has the library of, of all my past um, video courses and uh, a lot of uh, content there. And then, like I said, I'm uploading content every week that's including short forms and philosophy talks and drill exercises, practice along drills, um, asana kitchens, and I also do this weekly check-in video, kind of a short uh, five or six minute just talking and uh, giving you my thoughts for the week. So uh, love to have you join in on that subscription and get inspired to practice. And so the podcast this, this week uh, or this month is on the, uh, the indrias, okay? And that's the senses. And uh, those are the kind of um, the grossest uh, material aspect of reality. And so I go into detail about the specifics of using the senses, uh, waking up the senses and reclaiming them in your practice, and then also um, connecting that to the, the greater philosophy. And I'm using uh, the, some couple of yoga sutras from the third chapter that I'm going to read to you right now. And one is the Sutra 348, and it's, it, it's using the word sanyama, which is, um, it means, that means an intense focus, a kind of a, to choose a topic and really focus in on it. And um, in this sutra, it's the topic you're choosing to focus in on is the, the indriyas or the senses. And so it says, by sanyama on the process of perception and action, the essence, the I amness, the interconnectedness and the purposefulness of the senses, then you gain mastery over the senses, or indriya uh, jaya, okay? And so it's telling you to do this sanyama on the senses. And then it gives you one more sutra, 349, which tells you what happens when you get the mastery over the senses. And so it says, by mastery over the senses, then there comes a, it's called manojavitva, or there comes a swiftness of mind. Okay, so that kind of um, sets it up for you, and we'll just dive into the podcast. I want to impress upon you the, it's all, to me it's, it's almost like wearing two different hats uh, when you study the philosophy. Okay, and, um, one hat you, is the, what I'll say is the conventional one. The one that you're kind of more automatically, the perspective you're more automatically gonna come from, and the, the one that's taught much more commonly. Um, in fact, it's so, uh, 
sort of built into the study of philosophy that you don't, it's, it's easy to not even think of it as a perspective. Okay, and that is that basically it's like you're studying yoga philosophy sort of, I mean, how does this apply to my life? Right, like practicing the yamas, say. Right, that those moral five ethical principles. And it's in that perspective, that perspective is... Uh, it's essential, and um, that's why most of the world looks at the yoga philosophy that way, because <laughs> it's it's helpful, right? That you want to you pick up the Bhagavad Gita because it helps you behave better and um, think about how to respond, and um, okay, and and the thing is though that. For me, that is not enough, that I, I need this other hat. And that other hat is much less conventional. To, and to me, it's that how that philosophy, the, the, every technical specific of it, how does it apply to me on my mat exactly? Like, how does it have to do with me when I go into triangle pose, or I go up to headstand uh, and these things? And, and to a certain degree, um, that ph the philosophy is uh, abstract. In, and in fact, that's why practice exists, is because the philosophy is so abstract that if you just read it in a book, you can't understand it, and you can't live by it. Okay, and so there's practice. And then, but, and then the practice is very specific. It's not abstract. It's moving and breathing and uh, positioning. But there's a, a thought that, or a, it's more than a thought. It's a, an assumption or a, a way of operating, which may be true, may be valid, is that somehow just by practicing, you absorb the philosophy. So you don't have to make direct connections between like what this sutra is saying and what you're doing, because it's just sort of, it's more general than that. And yeah, that's okay. That's possible. And um, that not, no, it's more than possible. It's, uh, it's essential. Okay, so to me, the yoga philosophy um, it is absorbed through osmosis. Just when you're repeatedly exposed to it and you actually uh, think about it and return to thinking about it, curiously wondering, it works on you. And um, for the better, it informs your perceptions and, um, and how you operate in the world and what you think is going on with, with yourself and and the world itself. Okay, but I don't know. I mean, me, it's a, I, I feel to a certain degree like a loner uh, in terms of there's something necessary 
for me to experience that philosophy in this very direct, immediate way, inside my body, within the practice that I'm doing. And so I'm encouraging you to at least uh, explore that. And it takes some work. Because, so, so you have to, uh, well, you have to think about the, whatever passage, whatever sutra or your, your reading and, um, and li like a workshop or you're, you're going to take it down into your, when you're there. How does this relate? Or, or another way to put it is, how can I have the experience that this thing is describing in my body, in my practice, it, right now? Not some general osmosis thing, but like, <laughs> right now, this thing, what is it talking about? And to me, uh, I do it joyously. It's a fascinating and um, amazing process. And it's, so you understand, I'm that's a very uh, important clue in the thing, is that it's part, it's not coming from trying to, be, to, I don't know, even be right or, it's like, this is what has emerged from me spending a lot of time on my mat. This is one yogi going in and really opening it up for himself and going, wow, here's what I've discovered. And, the, and to me, this is everything. My own experience of it. Not I, I, I didn't read that and then read a commentary. No, I, I took it and I went, what is this? How, how do I interface with this? How do I relate to it? How do I experience it? And uh, well, partly I'm spending time with it because the way that I experience it, most people, not only do they, I don't know about most people, but the, it's unconventional. And it's even um, actively frowned upon. Okay, so like, I'll just give you one small example. And to me, I, it's a whole life stance that I have that's, I try to uh, share something positive rather than uh, be against something, be for something, <laughs> and go from that perspective, okay? And, um, and it's interesting when you negotiate that, it, it's almost impossible to not go from a negative sometimes, like in order for, uh, to communicate or, or something. So, um, so anyway, um, it's a, it's funny because it's an old thing. It's as old, it, it's not new. This, um, there's, yo, there's the outer world who don't take Hatha yoga seriously. Yoga poses. They don't associate that with a spiritual awakening, spiritual discipline. And then there's even within yoga. It's like um, 
So, and here's the example. There's a, one philosophy teacher um, had recorded a thing about asana on the second chapter, the one sutra on, there's three sutras on asana, the famous sthira sukham asanam. And he, and he, he says he, asana, and then he said, it means seat, by the way, not posture. As though, and that, in that one statement, he dismissed postures altogether. It was just like, it's not, postures are so irrelevant that the word asana doesn't even mean it. It means seat. And I, I'm just like, I'm tired of that stuff. I'm just tired of it. It's like, it's fine. Go dig philosophy and don't dig asana. But don't go be against asana. Why do you have to do that? It, it's like, it's fine. Sit. Meditation is awesome. That, but why make it so that meditation in this seated meditation is the only way to realize yoga? No. No, I don't. I, that's not my experience. And I, I don't, I, and I don't, I don't find that a necessary, um, limit to put on something. Okay. And so here, here's what I, here's what, where I go with the fact that asana means seat and not, not posture. Fine. That means that every pose you do is a seat. Yeah, I'm glad you're laughing because that's the way to see it. It's like every pose is a meditation seat. It doesn't mean that poses aren't important. <laughs> Why go there? And so me, I, I go from the perspective that the whole entirety of yoga is revealed to me on my mat in what I'm doing. So I'm not practicing to do something else that then is going to take me to yoga. But, but, but then for me, see, and people that practice that way, where asana is good for the body, then they leave the subject of asana largely unexplored. So they keep it very general. And I don't do that. I go deep, deep into the subject of asana, and I use that philosophy to help me do it. There it is. Okay, so anyway, so that is now the sutra. And we have to back up a tiny bit. So what the sutras are based on is this, um, it's called Samkhya Yoga. It's a system, philosophy system. And it means to enumerate. Okay, and, and so basically it, it gets, it divides reality into 24 categories or principles. And it starts with the grossest. Um, so it starts with the visible world, this, what we see. And, um, and then it gets ever more subtle, ever more abstract until you reach the spiritual dimension. And so the first 15 principles are the grossest matter. All right. And those are the five Bhutas. So Bhuta is elements. Beautiful. Earth, water, fire, air, and space. Okay. And, and then the, the next 10 are the indriyas, senses. Okay. So there's not five senses in yoga. There's 10. And there's a, there's the jnana indriyas, which are the conventional, the eyes, ears, nose, mouth, skin. Okay. And, um, but then there's the karma 
Andreas. The work senses. So that's the legs, that's the legs, the arms, the voice, the um, genitals, and the um, excretory system. Those are all senses in yoga. Okay, so, so you understand that, and then in the middle is three principles the, that deal with the mind. Okay, so you've got the uh, manas, ahamkara, and buddhi, the three qualities of mind. So the manas is like the lower mind, you could say, the, the bureaucratic aspect of the mind, the information gathering, um, rule following, rule structuring kind of um, aspect of the mind. Then ahamkara is the I am aspect, the ego. And the buddhi is the intellect or the uh, wisdom, or the intuitive, intuitive faculty. Okay, and then you've got the, the, the big umbrella of matter. It's called prakriti and purusha. Those are the first two principles. Purusha is a spirit, prakriti is matter. And then the, these other principles all file down from Prakriti, from matter. And they go from, like we said, subtle to gross. Okay, and so the yogi is trying to go from gross to subtle. Okay, trying to use those basic um, building blocks of reality to climb up to the, the higher, more invisible uh, abstract. And it's funny, abstract is such a an unfitting word because it really, it means that basically that we're all so thoroughly bamboozled here that what's the most natural, the most real about being alive, we've lost track of it to the degree that when, when you talk about what's real or what's sacred or what's profound, it's abstract. <laughs> yeah. So we're talking about the most natural aspect of a human being. In fact, it's called the Swarupa. The intrinsic essence is this spirit part of us. Um, but it's also the most abstract because we've layered on the, it's called Maya, right? The, it, we're, we're all identified with this, the, the illusion of things, the gross matter. And, um, so we have to be like fish, like a salmon. So the salmon starts off in the ocean and then they have to swim upstream. They got to find the river that they came down and swim up, back up, back up to their source. That's what you got to do with yoga, is climb up the principles to get back to the most natural place that um, we, can, we can be. In the third chapter of the Yoga Sutras, there's, it's called the Sanyama, is the, the, uh, 
It's a whole menu of what's called sanyama. That's what the third chapter is made up of. And um, sanyama, it means um, complete like or whole, like samastitihi, samadhi. And yama is um, restraint, like the first limb of yoga. And so it's like a perfect or complete restraint. So it's a very deep study, very deep focus on a chosen subject. So in, in, in the third chapter, there's many. There's a whole menu of subjects in which you can conduct a sanyama. Okay, but two in particular are of interest, which is you, you're, you're, you're instructed to do a sanyama on the Buddhas and on the Indriyas. And to me, well, for one, when you read that in the Yoga Sutras, you either um, just sort of bypass it. It's like, it's like what the hell? You, it's so weird, you don't even entertain it. <laughs> you just like, I have no idea, no reference. And so instead of like getting curious, you just like somehow it, your mind just kind of goes shoop around it. Like what the hell? But then, and then suppose then you square on it and you go, what? So this deep study, what the hell is a deep study of the earth, of fire? So that's a start. It's just a wonder. What does that even mean? And, and the Yoga Sutras do not enlighten you. They don't, they don't like roll out a practice for you to do it at all. No, they just tell you to do it. They don't tell you any, there's no how, there's no method. They tell you how and they tell you the benefit often. Like what, what's, what's the reward or what's the, what do you get when you do it? Um, okay. But, okay, then here, then here comes practice. Here comes practice. Okay, and then, and again, you could say that, I don't know if we're going to get sidelined into questions. Okay, I, that happened last week, and I don't know, okay, what, or what's the benefit? We'll, we'll get to that, I hope. But I'll at least give you the sutra numbers, and then you can look up the benefit yourself. Okay, because they they're there, those two give you the benefits, and they're, they're hardy. Okay, so again, then you could generally, you could think generally, well, okay, so if I practice, then that's, I'm studying the senses, like drishti. But this is where I'm saying, it doesn't go anywhere near deep enough Nowhere near. All right, and so we're gonna we're gonna spend a little bit of time with some examples. You can't go for all of it, but I will tell you. Um, oh, yeah. So, first of all, what I want to tell you is that this this is interesting to me because when you focus on these. Um, Indriyas and Bhutas. It's a dhyana. Okay, it's a meditation. So it's instead of all the other thoughts you could be thinking about. 
okay? And this is significant, okay? Because you see, and, and that part of that um, swimming upstream aspect is um, basically going from an undisciplined mind that is full of the usual things, uh, worries and doubts and desires and ego and jealousies and anger and like all this stuff that we walk around with going on in our heads, right? And, um, and so it's a, it's, it's a very big, uh, step to, and it is a step to climb on to the lowest rung of the Samkhya tree. It's like, you don't, you don't automatically climb onto it just because you're a human doing human stuff. No, you have to go earth, water, fire. You have to get, you have to use it. It's a structure and you gotta like, wham, okay, now I'm thinking about earth. I'm not thinking about this or that. I'm thinking about earth or air. Wind, space, okay, and that, so that's a big moment all of its own. Okay, and then, but let's think about it. The, the Bhutas are actually, in a way, more abstract um, compared to the senses. Because the senses, it's, at first anyway, it's just perceiving. It's um, using your eyes consciously and skillfully and um I, i'm gonna read you the because they they don't leave you totally in the dark those yoga sutras they give you a few qualifiers okay so i'm gonna read you that sutra i'll tell you in a sec all right so two, three, it's 348 and 349 okay so it says that by a sun yama on and it actually goes for the list. It's a, it tells you these things of how to actually do it. So it's the process of perception. So that's one thing. But the process of perception. Okay. So so that has to do with like the the process of seeing, the process of hearing, the process of feeling, and but but. And I'm going to go for the other ones, but I'm just stopping here for a second. Because here's what I, where I want you to get to. Okay? You guys, this is where I want you to get to. So your legs and arms are senses in yoga. Do you understand what that means? This is so big for a asana lover. Okay, so your, your legs and your arms are principal. Okay, so they, they do, they connect you with the earth. They are the foundation of every pose. Okay, you understand what I'm saying? That your legs and arms support your pelvis, torso, head in every pose, and that's their job. Okay, and it's your job to make that connection. So it's not just a general thing. I do triangle pose, five breaths. I, I make a sort of stance, I reach down, I catch my toe, and then I look up there, and there I'm good. No. 
no, 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 no. Not, um, not to me, okay, that might be good. I don't know. But for me, that doesn't do it. Okay, it doesn't do it from a pleasure standpoint. Um, but it also doesn't do it from a, a technical um, mind, um, using the mind to climb up that tr uh, tree towards the abstract principles that I'm trying to get to. So it takes a much more deep, deep uh, exploration of what what is this all about? And and this is what I'm saying, is that there's people dismissing that without ever even um, probing into it. And it's like, no, can't dismiss it like that. And so, so let's just think about this, though. You see, because, so legging, I call it, legging. That's what, partly what the sense of the legs is. It's a verb. You leg, just like you see, or you hear, or you feel. You leg, and you arm. Okay? And, and so, what is this process of legging? You ask that. What is this process of arming? Okay, and I've been working with you, uh, these, like Mariah, and uh, with the scapula. The process, so the process of, le of arming involves getting down into it, you guys. Not just some general thing where I sort of reach. No. It's like, what, it, it starts with the origin of the thing. The origin of the arm is your scapula and the head of that arm in the socket. Okay, that's where, that's its source. And then it goes out to the extremity. The origin of your hip is your femur bone, the ball in the socket. And then it goes out. And so you're going to study that process of legging very deeply. Very, and you've got hundreds of examples to do it. And so you understand that Getting involved with lengthening your legs, strengthening your legs, positioning and uh, transitioning. This isn't some physical weird thing that you're doing because of your ego. No, this is sanyama on the indriyas that's leading you up the sound. It's, 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 well, it's tuning in your body, your instrument, for one, but then it's also sharpening your mind and that's the benefit. The benefit is called manojavitva. Manas is, and this is a, it could be the specific lower mind, but it's actually more general. Javitva is swift. A swift mind. And you see, partly why we, we're, we walk around in the fog of Maya all day, it's because we're very slow of mind. You're not responding, not here. The immediate moment, it's, it's passing. And we're like in la-la land half the time, 90% of the time. Not catching on. Now, what's now? And so, so you have to wake up. And partly you wake up by using your senses in practice to a deep, profound, thorough degree. Okay, let's look at the next uh, thingamajigger. The process of perception. 
then, yeah. So it's by by a sanyama on the process of perception. Oh, and this translation and action, which I love. That's an excellent addition. The action of the legs, the action of the arms, okay, the action of the eyes, the action of the skin, the essence, the swarupa. I love that right there. Okay, so that so you understand that then that everything. So you in the famous sutra number three one three right. Tada drashtahu swarupe avastanam. So that swarupa, that, that's our essence. The intrinsic essence of the human being is as seer to the world, not as this little tiny ego self. That's not the essence. The essence is a deeper part. Okay, but everything out here has a swarupa, its own swarupa, its own intrinsic essence. So like, the, the layers, if you peel away what's superficial and get to the deepest thing of that, that defines that thing, that's its essence. So what's the essence of the leg, the arm, the eye, the swarupa? That's a beautiful pursuit all of its own. And when you think of how not immediate the answer is. You don't just go, oh yeah, the swarupa of the legs. Now, in fact, you go cross-eyed like, what? Hell, I, I don't even know where to start with what is the swarupa of the eye. But that's what your practice is for. It's like, that's what you're doing in the practice. We're not just uh, kind of zoning out, trying to get flowing and heat and sweat and then a trance and go into nirvana and the mind disappears and wow, I've got it now. No, 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 no. That's not how you swim up the, the tree. You have to be deeply absorbed in exactly what you're doing. In th- th- this instrument, this one, Yours, your legs, your arms, your eyes. And, and probing, probing perception, because that's Indria. Indria is sensing, perceiving. And so you, and now I hope you can understand why practice is just like, yes, yes. That's all. It's pure perception practice or as the foundation just like those those 15 categories those are your foundation that's your basis where you're coming from the whole time okay what's the next one this is an amazing rollout of clues it's it's that's what they are they're clues they're, they're like, you want to know how to conduct the sanyama? We'll study the process of perception and action. Study, uh, study the swarupa. And, wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay. This one goes mega deep. I amness. You see, and 
this is amazing. Because, and I just said it uh, just a minute ago. It's a natural place to go. These aren't just any old legs. Eyes. Voice. This is mine. I. There I am. And and that, and you understand that it's a fact, even if it's a Maya. It's a certain illusory quality to this self, right? That especially when I think that this is all there is. It's just here. This is David. Period. Then it's not real anymore. It's it's false, and it leads you down into falsity. Okay, but but when you even when you stop identifying with it, or you think and you know your essence is something deeper or different or other or more, it's still there while you're here. Yeah, and now we'll go with the other two because they're all uh, connected. This is what's so amazing. In fact, that is the next one. They're interconnected. Those indrias, okay, they're all connected to each other. They're not separate. It's not like you, your eyes are over here doing this and your skin and, no, they're all connected. And last, if you, you, you understand, if you don't have this last one, the whole house of cards tumbles. Purposefulness. Okay, you guys, this is so awesome. Okay, so, because we're talking, okay, so we'll take it in its smallest sense, okay? So you understand, when, well, how, so if you worked with me, I, I'm, it's a crouch, every movement is a crouch and a spring to a destination, and that, the whole process is put, there's purpose behind it. Okay? So the, your legs, the, your leg, when you go out to the side here, it's not just you know, aimlessly trying to get over there somewhere. No, it has a, it's very purposeful. There's a whole I, purpose to each arm, each leg. What is its purpose? <laughs> yeah. And, but, but it's more than that, by far. And the I amness and the purpose are connected. And here's a beautiful quote from Muhammad Ali. You guys, here it is. This gets at the whole thing. Service to others is the rent you pay for your room here on earth. Okay, so you, this is the spiritual path. This is what you're climbing up to. This is, when you identify with your little self, you're all that matter. Your pleasure, your security. Okay, but this isn't how we're meant to live. So we have to train ourselves to think of others in, and, and that, and 
you understand, we came out into this, th that whole idea of a swarupa, an essence. Each one of us came out as this unique being with this unique contribution to make. And, and so, and so, and th this is the thing, is you're trying to find that, uh, that purpose. Your own purpose. What is that in this life for you? What does it mean to, to live in your own? And this is not out there. Nobody's defining it for you. You're defining it for yourself. What does it mean to serve others? What does it mean to, 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 to go inside myself and decide what is the most important, um, and what's, what am, with this equipment, with my whole set of conditions, where's my best place here in the world to contribute and be part of it? Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. And see, and here's the, here's the thing. The, well, there's some built-in variables to the whole thing. One is every single one of us is not happy with the, like, it's like the universe has assigned us work. Okay, it's not the ego. It's not like your ego comes out and goes, I want to do this, I want to do that, and then you go do it. Right? I mean, I, Tell me your method if you, if that's how it works. No, you're constantly being driven somewhere besides where you think you want to go. Right? <laughs> Come on. Isn't it amazing to like take stock and reflect? Think of what you dreamed of when you were a kid growing up what you were going to be, what you were going to do, how your life was going to be. And then when you, each phase, when you were in high school, when you were in college or whatever, then each phase, it never turns out like what you thought. Right? Not even, no, God, no. What's that? The, yeah, right? So, and there's a funny um, Native American story where the, the chief of all the animals, he gets them all together and he says, there's a new being coming, a new, and that's the humans. So they have to get ready. Get ready for the humans. And, um, and he says, so we all need... Uh, Names now, official names. Some of you have names, but we need official names and jobs. And tomorrow at dawn, we're gonna, we're gonna do that. So it's first come, first serve. You just show up at my, my teepee. And, um, when the, we'll go through. And when the last name is given, then we'll, that'll be that. And so Coyote is there. This is a coyote story, the Native American trickster. And, um, and so Coyote is an interesting figure in the whole thing, and because he's a bumbler, 
He's like, uh, he's always make, getting into trouble. He's very uh, boasting and he's an imitator. He like keeps, he thinks he can do what everybody else does. And um, so he's always trying to like imitate people and just totally gets him into trouble. So he's kind of like the butt of all the jokes too. It's because he's, he's like a fuck up. Um, but he's also like, he's a very interesting figure because he's, he can't play by the rules. He's all, he gets too bored and just like, he's too much of a mischief maker. So he's always messing around with stuff. All right, so there he is, and he's like, he goes, all right, finally, I'm sick of being coyote. And he goes, I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be grizzly bear and um, rule over all the earth. Important job. Or he goes, or I'm going to be eagle, ruler of the, all the beings of the sky. Or I'm going to be salmon, ruler of all the beings in the fish, uh, in the sea. It's like, to hell with this coyote business. And um, so, he, so he goes home and he's boys, he, his wife is used to his, his flights of fancy, you can say. So she's very tolerant and patient, right? And so he's like, oh, wow, I'm going to get up early. I'm, I'm going to be first in line to get the job. So I'm going to stay up all night. I'm not going to sleep tonight because I'm going to get there first. So he builds up the fire. And uh, and there he is for some hours, vigilant, staying awake. But he starts to he starts to nod off, and so he puts some uh, little sticks, hold, propping his eyes open. And uh, and then next thing he knows, he wakes up, and the sun is way up in the sky, way high in the sky. He goes running to the chief's lodge, and he comes up, and there's no one there, and he's like. I want grizzly bear. Sorry, that one's taken. But how about eagle? Nope, that one looks, that one was shortly after dawn. Someone took that. And, um, and so, and Coyote's just totally bummed, right? And, um, and he's, and the chief tells him, in fact, all the names are gone and nobody took yours. <laughs> oh, man. And so, and he, but then he's like, okay, but hold on, hold on. He goes, I made you sleep in because this is a perfect job for you being coyote. And, um, and he also, he, he, he said, uh, that he, he actually plays a super important role in the whole thing. And, um, and he said, the chief said, I can't take away you being the fool and whatnot, but, but you're also a very powerful figure in all of this. And, um, and so there it is. And, and this is you and me. Okay, so we, we're, we're in various ways, we're dodging ourselves. We're turning away, we're rejecting, we're fearing, we're avoiding, we're distracting. And, um, and so, see, this is a beautiful thing. Um, the word pratyahara. Okay, so that's that fifth limb. And it gets translated as withdrawing the senses. Okay, so the, and the general thought is you, your senses are outward directed and you're going to turn them around and 
direct them inward like what we've been talking about, right? But another word is a recovering or even stronger, rescuing. So each day in practice, we're basically rescuing our senses. You're rescuing your eyes, your legs, your arms. You're like going in and reclaiming them. And, so, we, and it's so funny that, that because we can think of like, you can go to this big place of, what is my life's purpose? Ah, what's my swarupa? What's this seeing that I'm supposed to do that joins me with the entirety? But to me, that is directly connected to the purpose of your legs in triangle pose. The purpose of your spine when you go up into Shirshasana. Like those, the work of finding the purpose of your legs and arms in your asanas, finding these things, this is how you get to um, embracing your essence and your difference. See, because partly why Coyote doesn't like, doesn't want his job is because he's different. And the, the, the need to conform, it's amazing to me. I was thinking about it because there's like a few new people coming this morning. And I was thinking about how much I want people to like me, you know? And it's a very powerful thing that can like, like really throw you off, right? Like, is it more important for you to learn or for you to like me? And it's hard, right? Yeah. And, um, and so, and you understand when you go ahead and individuate, plenty of people aren't going to like you. Um, but plenty of people will like you. And you'll like yourself. So I started this off with that big ramble about um, discovering the philosophy within the practice itself in a very uh, real and immediate way, okay? And, and so I'm leaving it with that again. Like, partly I'm giving you this talk to get, get you to become more curious about your indrias, especially your legs and arms, those two in particular, because they're so um, principal in making poses. And then uh, some of you know exactly what I'm talking about and others don't. Be depends on, but I'll give you one clue, which is this is, I've said it, the, the so I have this asana principle, right? The third asana principle. Foundation first. Okay, you make the foundation of your pose. Um, that's your setup or your crouch. Okay, and that involves your legs, positioning your legs and arms. And, and, it, and it also involves, this is a very technical instruction. Transforming your ordinary limbs into levers. Okay, and lever is a very specific term. 
It means it's an instrument that you use to do work. Okay? And that instrument is um, like one example is the tire iron. Okay, if you get a flat tire and you take your fingers and you try to loosen that uh, bolt, how will you do it? Not going to happen. Okay, you need a lever. That's where the tire iron comes in, that big rod. There you go. Now you can do it. Okay, so this is what we're saying. That, and, the, and what makes that rod effective and turns it into a lever is two qualities. It's long and it's strong. Okay, so this is you in your poses. Long and strong limbs, whatever they are. So they're not, this isn't leveraging your limbs. You're going to leverage them. And, and you're going to conduct a sanyama on them. You can really study their process of action. What is going on there? And uh, that's it for this talk, except for I, I, I was too ambitious. I, I had other, a whole other thing, because the Buddhas were there, but I'm going to give you the, the teaser. So this here, you can see it's Sri Mahavadahi. Okay, so here's another name for Sri Mahavadahi. Ready? The Earth Rescuer. Yeah, that, see the, the same process you have to do with the Buddhas. You have to go rescue them. We lose, we've lost the earth, we've lost the fire, we lost the wind. We gotta go rescue them. Every morning, just like you got to go rescue your legs and arms and your eyes and your skin. Help! Emergency! Lost in Maya! So thank you for joining me for the Asana Kitchen podcast. And uh, just one note is uh, I gave you the little teaser at the end of the podcast about the Bhutas or the um, five elements. And that will be the subject of next month's podcast so you can tune in to get kind of part two of this uh, a kind of little bit of a continuation of the theme and then also remember uh, I have my Asana Kitchen subscription channel love to have you check it out I'm doing this special class on um, Christmas Eve morning and it's a half-led primary and so you could do the seven week or the seven day free trial if you want to join in on that class and check out the subscription or if you're already part of the subscription then please uh, join in. And uh, thank you and see you soon.